Welcome to the Unfair Podcast. Hello and welcome to this podcast, which looks at one of our flagship reports, The Global Public Investor. I'm joined by Nikhil Sanghani, who is Managing Director for Research at OMFIF, and I'm Ellie Groves, the MD for the Economic and Monetary Policy Institute. The GPI, as we call it here at OMFIF, is one of our flagship reports. We look at reserve management from central banks, and then later in the year, as part of this project, we also look at asset reserve management for pension funds and sovereign wealth funds, which we'll get on to a little bit later. I want to first of all ask Nikhil to overview the last 10 years we've been running this report and it would be really interesting to hear from you Nikhil around what are the key things that we found, how have the trends changed, why do we survey central banks to look at their reserve management and how has this helped our understanding of the central bank and global public investors ecosystem? Thanks Ali, yeah there's a lot of questions there but I'll try and tackle them one by one really and yeah, it's useful just to take a step back and, and think where we were 10 years ago. So when we first published this report in 2014, we were looking at global public investors as a whole. So both in terms of central banks, reserves management, as well as pension funds and sovereign funds. And really, we were looking to try and uncover what are the key themes that affects this group of investors in particular, whether that's the macroeconomic environment, also decisions around their assets and currency allocations. But one of the things that we've always done each year is to then make sure that this publication evolves and keeps up to date with the the biggest trends of the day. So in, in recent years, we've branched it out. We, we're increasingly considering themes in, in sustainability and ESG, for example. In the last few years, we've unpacked themes in central banks' data management and some of their operating models, their use of external managers, for example. So really, we try and unpack what are the key issues that are facing this, this pool of investors. Why is that important? Well, a significant chunk of investors, really. And it's it's useful to try and gauge how they're interpreting the current macroeconomic environment and what might they do, what actions might they take in terms of their own investment decisions, which could underpin trends in, in markets more broadly. So just a few examples of where, where that could be the case. I mean, for example, last year in the survey that we ran, I mean, we had uh, 73 responses last year from central banks. And uh, is that global as well? So global, yeah, yeah. Sort of looking at the whole picture of how central banks from emerging markets to developed markets. Yep, very much so. So we got uh, a significant pull from Europe, in North America, Latin America, Asia, Africa, you name it, we covered it. We've got someone who responded to our survey from, from all regions. And, and, and in fact, so much so that we were able to, for a lot of the questions to provide a breakdown by region as to what central banks are doing. And, and yeah, as mentioned, we had 73 responses altogether. That that group was responsible for over $5 trillion worth of reserves, uh, foreign exchange reserves. So just to put that into context, that's one and a half times the GDP of the UK. So again, a significant pool of investors there. And we asked them, the central theme really is around currency and asset allocation. And when we asked them, are you more likely to invest in certain assets or, or less likely in the coming years? It was very clear that they wanted to move into safer assets. And part of the reason they mentioned that a lot of them, close to 90%, mentioned that inflation was one of their top three concerns when we ran the survey a year ago. And that seemed to prompt a flight to safety of some sorts. They told us that they were likely to move into gold, for example, US dollar denominated assets as, as, a, as a haven. And of course, that, that seemed to play out at the back end of last year. Gold prices fared very well, and, and perhaps surprisingly so. And there's, there's recent data out that that is underpinned by central banks' purchases of gold. Likewise, we saw a significant run-up in the US dollar last year, and central banks were very much part of that theme. 
So that's, I guess, coming back to your original point, why do we run this survey and why is it important? As mentioned, we can get some unique data on the asset and currency allocation decisions of this significant group of investors from a global sample, which can really give us a sense as to where markets might be going more broadly over the coming years. Thank you so much. Did you find anything that was surprising last year? So obviously, I think we'd set out the survey just after the Russian invasion of yep. Ukraine. Yep. So the global macro environment was very different to perhaps the year before. Mm-hmm. So how do you think that the geopolitics has fed into the investment decision of central banks? And has that always been the case over the last 10 years? Or is that more pronounced now? Yeah, it's a good question. It's worth mentioning that while originally 10 years ago with, with the GPI, uh, most of it was based on our own analysis and external contributions. Over the last five or six years is when we've started to run that survey and we've started to introduce questions based on the, the current trends. And so for the last year, we, we asked reserves managers, what is one of your top concerns right now in a macroeconomic environment? Perhaps unsurprisingly, based on uh, the fact that we just put out the survey after the Russian invasion of Ukraine, uh, inflation was was pretty much the top concern. Close to 90% mentioned that as one of their top three concerns. Uh, bearing in mind, this is from central banks reserves managers. Mm-hmm. These are institutions which are tasked with getting inflation under control, and they're telling us, well, at least one department within there, are telling us they're, they're very worried about it. But as mentioned, uh, you said geopolitics, and that that was also flagged up as, as a major concern for this group of investors. So perhaps not surprising per se, but it, it was revealing and and. It's useful to get that data to give us a sense as to what are the forefront of of the minds of of, uh, reserves managers. Perhaps surprisingly, at the time, there was only a a, a small percentage that mentioned a global economic slowdown was one of their big concerns a year ago. Whereas when we ran a a similar survey for the global public pensions and sovereign funds, which, as you mentioned, is, is part of the broader series of research that we do on global public investors, a global economic slowdown was one of their top concerns alongside inflation. So that very much feeds into the sensors to trying to disaggregate these groups and also surveying them at a different time can really give us a sense as to what's the pressing issue there and then at the time. And as as we're in the process of running the survey this year, I suspect that a, a global slowdown is going to be higher up on the list of concerns for, for reserves managers than it was a year ago. As you have brought it up, we are currently running the survey to then build this report to be launched later in the year in June. So I want to actually ask you a cheeky question, if I may, Nikhil, and ask when we've had some of these surveys in, obviously we don't have the full picture yet because we still have the deadline for central banks to send it back to us. Mm -hmm. But as they are trickling in, what are some of the things that you're already seeing, which might be a little bit of a surprise? Or can you give us and the listeners a little bit of insight into what we might be expecting to see as a rounded picture later in this year? Yes, good question. All will be revealed uh, at the launch of this publication in late June. There are a few things that that are are worth mentioning, though. So as mentioned, uh, we focus a lot on the, the asset side. What are central banks, reserves managers, how are they likely to change their asset allocation in the coming years? One trend we have seen is bonds. Conventional bonds are very much in demand right now, which might not be surprising given that there has been a return to yield, uh, you could perhaps call it, where treasury yields are, are getting close to 4-5%. Likewise for other major government bonds, So it seems like uh, central banks want to tap into that. But equally, a lot of them are, or a significant portion of them are saying that they're trying to take risk off the table. 
So these aren't a particularly risk averse group of investors to start with, and most of them only have small percentage in riskier assets like equities or corporate bonds. But even those, quite a few are saying to us that they may be moving away from some of those riskier portions of their portfolio. So that suggests to us that the, the current volatile macroeconomic and financial situation right now is, is perhaps concerning reserves managers, and they're more willing to go into to safer assets. Another another key thing that I, I, I want to want to bring up is we delve a lot deeper into the currency questions this year. So whereas before we've always looked at uh, major currencies and whether they're likely to increase their allocation to them in one to two years, um, we really wanted to press home on the, on the longer term trajectory this year. And, and we've asked questions around what do they think is going to happen to the dollar share reserves in the next 10 years or renminbi share. And a lot of different major currencies, are they more willing to, to increase their allocation to them over the next 10 years or so? And this is really to tap into this broader question of which seems to be revolving a lot in, in markets and academia and various other circles as to, are we seeing a, the start of a trend of de-dollarization? There's been numerous news stories that have come out about how Saudi Arabia and Brazil are increasingly denominating their trade with China in, in renminbi rather than in dollars right now. Seems like the renminbi is becoming a, uh, taking a bigger share of, of global trade. Is this being reflected by reserve managers? And, and that's a, I don't want to go into too much detail as to what the what the answers we've got out of that. But yeah, I think a, a key trend that we, we're going to uncover this year is will the dollar remain dominant or if not, which other currencies are going to start playing a major role in, in the international monetary system? Thank you. I think that that leaves us with a lot more questions because I'm interested to, to see how that looks in reality. I think there's been lots of conversations on it. So it's great that we have the survey out there and the responses coming in. So in late June, we will be launching this. Just to add to that, we're pleased that we've already received 50 responses this year. We've still got a bit of time to collect more. So uh, yeah, we're hopefully on track to get uh, another significant portion of uh, central banks responding to our survey. And, and so we have a good pool to, to work with that. Thank you. And that's very good to hear. We obviously, as we've alluded to, we also, towards the end of the year, we have the survey results in from the public pension funds and the sovereign wealth funds. Do we ask similar questions to those or how does that survey differ, if only slightly, from the ones of the central banks? And why have we split those two up? Yep. In terms of the survey, there are very similar themes that run across it. So again, asking similar questions on how this group of investors are interpreting the macroeconomic environment, what are their key concerns, what are their likely changes in allocations to various assets or various currencies. Uh, in, in both publications, we look at considerations on ESG as well. So there are a lot of similar themes, but it's worth stressing there are important differences that, that between these group of investors, which we then unpack in the report itself. So Pension funds and sovereign funds generally have more flexible mandates, I guess you could call it, whereas most central banks reserves managers are, are, are preoccupied around capital preservation and ensuring liquidity. For, generally speaking, for pension funds and sovereign funds, a maybe not the main priority for all of them, but certainly a bigger priority is trying to capture the highest returns possible or high risk adjusted returns at least. So that means they generally do more in terms of their investments. So a significant portion tends to go into alternative investments. And we had a, a chapter last year specifically focusing on alternate investments. And because in the, in the survey last year, I think it was over 40% of those surveyed said that they were looking to increase their investments in real estate and infrastructure, which wasn't the case for reserves managers. So that that's one such example. Another, which I think we, we're going to, to touch on this year is 
just the general macroeconomic factors that most preoccupied these group of investors. So whereas a lot of reserves managers are, are focused on these wider topics of what the international monetary system might look like, how their currency allocations will, will play into that. I suspect for pension funds in particular, a big focus for them is, is demographic. A lot of them have or, or may be facing aging populations and, and perhaps some funding shortages. So that may be a topic that we try and delve into a bit deeper in, in that report, which maybe isn't as relevant for the, the GPI survey of, of reserves managers. So while they're both important pools of of public investors, and we look at similar themes across the two, there are important differences that we try to unpack. And I think as both reports clearly show, we then have the a very good sample of the whole ecosystem and how that all fits together. So thank you so much, Nikhil, and thank you for listeners for this little explainer on our global public investor, both the central banks, reserve managers, and also asset allocation from pension funds and sovereign wealth funds. I think we've definitely living in interesting times. We've been living in interesting times for a good few years now, and how these global public investors respond to these times while balancing their mandates of financial stability, of risk-adjusted returns, but also of investing in, in assets that, that have traditionally always been those that they are investing in, such as bonds, and how this all fits into the ever-changing geopolitical landscape. If you want to get involved, find out more, there is plenty uh, on our website, but also please do email myself, ellie.groves at onfifth.org, or anyone on the website as well, and we will be very pleased to further that conversation. But for now, I just want to say thank you to Nikhil. Thank you, Ellie. And thank you to the listeners. Thank you for listening to the Onfifth podcast. 